Good morning once again, everyone. As many of you probably know by now, I made a resolution this year to preach from the catechism each and every Sunday. And so today I'm going to read from number 2105, 2105, which is under the third part of the catechism dedicated to how we live, which addresses the commandments. And this number falls under the first commandment to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind and soul, etc. So here's number 2105. The duty of offering God genuine worship concerns man both individually and socially. This is the traditional Catholic teaching on the moral duty of individuals and societies toward the true religion and the one church of Christ. By constantly evangelizing men, the church works toward establishing them to infuse the Christian spirit into the mentality and mores, laws, and structures of the communities in which they live. The social duty of Christians is to respect and awaken in each man the love of the true and the good. It requires them to make known the worship of the one true religion, which subsists in the Catholic and Apostolic Church. Christians are called to be the light of the world. Thus, the church shows forth the kingship of Christ over all creation, and in particular, over human societies. So the theme from this number, which is consistent with today's readings, is the fact that we are the light of the world. And as Jesus said in the gospel, a city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly father. So we also have a relationship here between faith and works. As St. James wrote, faith without works is dead. So I will show you my faith by my works. But you also have to think about how you received your faith. It was the good works of others. And in the very beginning of the church, it was the works of Jesus, the signs, the wonders, and the works, the good works, the charity, the mercy, that enabled people to believe. So Jesus was revealing the works of the Father. He said that. The, the apostles in the early church revealed the works of Jesus and the Father. And that's what enabled people to believe. They were responding to something that they witnessed. And I think that's really important for us to reflect on. Because we shouldn't just have superstition, which I'm afraid 
a lot of Christians have. Not to accuse anybody, but we often just believe because we've heard something said or we were told to believe something because that's just what we do. But your faith hasn't necessarily been in response to something that you've seen or experienced for yourself. And there's a big difference. There's a big difference. I imagine most of you have seen and experienced things, the presence of God, for yourself. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Because there's a lot of people that show up, as we know, right, on Christmas and Easter. We call them the Creasters or the C&E Club, whatever, right? And nothing against them. But oftentimes, there's a kind of superstitious mentality that motivates them to show up on Christmas and Easter because that's kind of what we do. But can you see how that's a little more superstitious than it is true faith? And again, not to knock anybody's faith because we can all grow in our faith. We can always grow in our faith, especially as we see more and experience more our faith grows. Not just in the presence of God, like in some general overarching way, but in his real presence, in his personal presence and influence and power at work through you. That's another level of faith. That again, I know some of you have, and some of you want more of that. We all struggle with that because faith is always tested, it seems. Because there is this other guy out there, you know, Satan and his minions, who don't want us to have faith, who want to undermine our faith, who want to steal and kill and destroy our faith and our relationship with God. So it is always under attack, you might say. And we see that in society. I was talking to a gentleman last night and he was sharing with me how he's aware of how the church is under attack and how Catholic marriages and families are under attack. It's true. So it's, it's difficult sometimes to believe. And then personally, when we have our own personal struggles and, and bad things happen to us in our personal lives, our faith is tested. For sure. For sure. But let me just highlight what Paul said in today's second reading. Pull it up on my phone here. I'm not texting during Mass. Don't worry. So I I did a little bit of homework because I just wanted to remind myself of what I heard recently He's writing to the Corinthians, and Paul went to Corinth after being in Athens. And when you go back through the Acts of the Apostles and follow these different missionary journeys of Paul, you can see that Paul himself evolves as an apostle. And in Athens, it didn't go so well for Paul. But then he goes on to Corinth, and then... 
he has a different approach. And in this letter that we read today, he's reflecting back on his experience in Corinth. And I I read it today in the Acts of the Apostles. He stayed there for a year and a half in Corinth, which was a pretty long time, all things considered. And here's what he says. Let's just read it again briefly. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming the mystery of God, I did not come with sublimity of words or of wisdom. So he wasn't relying anymore on arguments. When he went to Athens, it seems like maybe because he was facing these great philosophers, the Greeks, they loved their philosophy, right? So he was trying to battle them word for word. And again, it didn't go so well. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and much trembling. This is the Apostle Paul. But this is how he arrived in Corinth. So from those three descriptive words, we can gather too that, yeah, he wasn't in a really good place. Fear weakness and trembling and my message and my proclamation were not with persuasive words of wisdom so he gave up on the arguments but what what was it his proclamation was with a demonstration of spirit capital s and power why so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom but on the power of God. That's what we want our faith to rest on, to be founded on. Not just arguments, certainly not superstition, but on the spirit and the power of God. Now that takes faith, right? to believe that it is God who is speaking to me, who is, quote-unquote, touching me in some way, my heart, my soul, my body. And so that's why it helps to see signs and wonders. And today, after Mass, we're going to pray for the the anointing. Well, we're going to pray for the sick. We'll have the anointing of the sick, the sacrament. And then we'll even keep praying, as has been the custom here the last (laughs) month or so. We'll pray for healing over people, too. We'll lay hands on people in 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 the day chapel across the hall there after Mass. We'll do the anointing here, prayers across the hall in the day chapel. So we'll pray for healing. And whether or not people are healed, that's up to God. But we have the faith. That God does heal. And as we see that happening, our faith is increased. I prayed for, so I'll share a story, a couple of stories, maybe real quick here. But a friend of my mom's asked for prayers. And my mom lives in Connecticut, so this was over the phone. And this friend of my mom's, uh, we'll call her Donna, had battled cancer for, for decades, really, off and on. She had to have ribs removed and other, I think, organs removed as they got infected with cancer. And, and she still has a lot of residual pain, or she had a lot of residual pain. So we're talking, this is Tuesday afternoon. 
So I said, all right. I listened to her for a while and I said, well, so right now on a level of one to 10, what's your pain at? 10 being excruciating. She said eight or nine. I was like, oh wow, I didn't realize that. Eight or nine level of pain. It would wake her up at night, disrupt her sleep all the time. So I said, all right, well, let's, let's go after that. So I start praying over the phone. I don't see her. It's not even a Zoom call. <laughs> and she starts feeling this electricity going through her body. She said her teeth started to, to, to like chatter, to shake. Her body was shaking. And I couldn't see this, but I just kept praying. And I checked in with her. She described what was happening. And so I said, all right, what's your, what's your level of pain? And then when she took stock of it, <laughs> she's like, I, I don't feel any pain. The pain is all gone. Level eight, level nine, prayer. 10 being excruciating, <laughs> gone. So maybe a bunch of you right now are living with some kind of pain, some discomfort. So we'll pray for that to go too after mass. And my mom called me the next day and she's like, and it was over the phone. <laughs> God is not limited by time or space. And we've seen it here already. We had a, a young lady last week, a college student, basketball player in college, and she had a groin muscle that hadn't healed in over a month. So we prayed. When the time, by the time we were done, she was climbing the stairs there, no pain. Growing muscle healed. Yeah, right? And some other, I don't know if he's here today, but his neck was really sore. And then we prayed over him a few weeks ago. And all of a sudden we heard a crack in his neck. He's like, well, that hasn't happened in a long time. And he said he hasn't had any pain since. I hope that's still the case. So anyway, these signs and wonders, they help us to believe that God is present and active in our midst. And that's what we want our faith to be based on. And we should all be seeking. It's not that we just want signs all the time, that we have to see signs. But God does want to speak to you and touch your heart through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the Eucharist. He loves to be close to you. And maybe that's the miracle you need today, just to know that God loves to be close to you, that he is with you. Maybe that's the miracle you need today. Well, let's ask for that, that the Holy Spirit come upon you in a new way, that you feel God's presence, a heat, a coolness, a peace, a shaking, an electricity. Maybe you get an image in your imagination. Maybe you get a word that comes to you that you hear in your heart. Those are all legitimate ways that God makes his presence felt. And we all need that to be encouraged, to keep fighting the good fight, as St. Paul would say. Because it's not easy. It's not easy, as, you know, in that first reading. In Isaiah, we heard about, you know, being just and righteous people. And about feeding the hungry and so on. You know, to keep doing that in the face of persecution and, and misunderstanding, that's hard. And God knows it's hard. And he wants to help us. He wants to be close to us as we walk. 
on this pilgrimage that we call life on our way to eternity. So let's pray for more faith today. Let's pray for healing today for all of us because we all need healing in one way or another. Sin affects us all, our, our own personal sin and then the sins of other, of other people around us that affect us. We're all affected by sin. So we're all wounded in some way and we all need healing and we all need more faith and more hope and more love. So let's pray for that for one another and for ourselves so that we can let our lights shine so that light of Christ can shine more brightly in us and through us. Amen.